Hello, and welcome back to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. This is Soleil, Ramona, and Chambry. And on our spring, our topic today is mothers in waning. We will be discussing fertility and some of the more interesting aspects of fertility found in mammals that live on our valley floor. As mammals begin to hungrily emerge, and as they are spotted on our walks more frequently, we all know that juveniles will also be soon spotted in the upcoming months. For some mammals, like the bear, a very different type of gestation takes place. And it is a gestation that ensures that a fertilized egg becomes a fully realized juvenile. Shambri, just what is the significance of this rather odd adaptation? Well, Mom, because we live in the Rockies, we know that nature can be unforgiving, especially at this altitude in the winter. As for food resources, they become scarce, making the body's metabolism slow. Maintaining a dividing cell to a full-formed individual can be energetically taxing and dangerous to the female. And delayed implantation, or as biologists call it, embryonic diapause, is a reproductive strategy that helps mammals to survive. An odd assortment of animals can actually delay their pregnancy. I guess you could say there is such thing as being half pregnant. Wow. Surprisingly, it is actually used by around 100 different mammals and is used in order to protect the mother and ensure the baby survives. In embryonic diapause, the embryo, or blastocyst, does not immediately implant in the uterus after sexual reproduction has created the zygote. Even though it's not implanted, though, it is still maintained in a state of dormancy. Little to no development takes place while the embryo remains unattached to the uterine wall. In other words, the zygote ceases developing and doesn't immediately attach to the uterine wall, existing instead as a microscopic ball of cells called blastocysts. They simply free float in the uterus. That is until the female is physiologically convinced she is ready for them to develop. As a result, the normal gestation period is extended for a species-specific period of time. Little is still known about entry into diapause and the conditions which enable blastocysts to remain dormant. Hey, Soleil, now she's going to provide a bit more insight about this process. No problem, sis. Essentially, it's an adaptive advantage. There's no mystery to the kinds of competitive edge delayed implantation can give. For example, if a marten is pregnant in the fall, she can wait to give birth until spring, giving her offspring a long summer to learn survival skills before the harsh tests of winter. The fisher, which is like a wolverine, is one of the real puzzles, says biologist William Cron. Fishers give birth in late February through early April, with most births occurring in mid-March. Within 10 days or so of delivery, the female mates again, yet delays implantation for 9 to 10 months. Why would a female fisher, already stressed with nursing young, mate in early spring if the embryos are not going to implant until the next winter? This remains a mystery, but more on that later. First, it's important to know that there are actually two types of delayed implantation. There's facultative delay, which appears mostly in rodents, and it is triggered by suckling of the female's teats. A nursing female rat, for example, even though she may mate soon after she gives birth to babies, will not implant new embryos until her litter has stopped nursing or is removed by other natural means such as predation. Hey, but mom, don't forget, there's also obligate delay implantation, which usually occurs in a wide variety of carnivores like bears, and it can last for various lengths of times, and it seems to be seasonal. One fascinating puzzle of this kind of delay is that it may not occur in closely related species that appear to share the same habitat and food sources, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But to set the stage in terms of the biology, 
what exactly is it like? What is it, what is the important mega- mechanism that causes this? Well, critical to the process is the hormone progesterone, which stimulates changes in the wall of the uterus, preparing it for implantation. Scientists believe that the effects of pregnancy on the female's ability to gather food are important to the phenomena of delaying the implantation. Predators like the fisher and weasels have to be swift, and carrying lightweight blastocysts around instead of bigger developing fetuses make them lighter in weight and able to perform more survival skills. And, you know, delayed implantation allows animals to tailor their reproductive cycle to their yearly food and weather cycles. At least this is what biologist Ken Elow says. And he's been studying the occurrence of delays in black bears. Now, bears mate in summer, but but delay implantation until the beginning of winters, after females have had a chance to feed on summer's bounty. Breeding takes a lot out of a bear's physiological... Breeding takes a lot out of a bear, physiologically and physically. The female needs to take in enough energy via food to get her through her denning months in winter. So the bear must reach what Ken calls a nutritional threshold before the blastocyst will implant. Bears even may self-abort their fetuses if their body tells them they're not prepared to sustain a litter. An advantage to delaying implantation from the fall until the spring is that newborns will have more time to develop hunting skills before facing a harsh winter. Ecologist Michael Sandals suggests that some mammals that exhibit seasonal delayed implantation, such as the marten, the western spotted skunk, mate in the fall because that's when the males are in prime condition. There is another fascinating hypothesis. Some animals may delay implantation in order to prolong the separation of the sexes, decreasing the time that males and females spend together to reduce competition for food in one specific location. And perhaps the most intriguing question for scientists is why delayed implantation happens in some animals, but not in closely related members of the same species. Take the long-tailed weasel and the least weasel, which are both indigenous to our area. They look the same, they eat the same, but the least weasel has no delay, while the long-tailed weasel delays implantation of the egg for months. This strange dichotomy appears over and over in various skunks, weasels, otters, and other creatures, all of which inhabit our valley floor and have to endure hard winters. Well, part of the answer probably lies with old evolution. There must be some ecological factor we don't know about, some historical component that took place hundreds of thousands of years ago, which may explain why delayed implantation developed in some species and not in others. But the question of how delayed implantation came to be probably has no single answer. We don't have enough info, I guess, to explain the scenarios in all these species. And since the process has a spotty distribution among orders of mammals, it may have just evolved independently at different times. One observation scientists are sure of is the importance of the hormone prolactin in delayed implantation for at least three well-studied species, mink, western spotted skunk, and tamar wallaby. Prolactin, which is secreted by the pituitary gland, stimulates milk production. It is also critical for controlling the ovaries' production of all-important hormone progesterone. Scientists have concluded that prolactin production increases in the spring and decreases in the fall, apparently influenced, at least in part, by changes in the amount of daylight. An elusive and baffling as the field of delayed implantation is, the few zoologists who stick with it do so because of its promise. 
Scientists at the University of Tennessee conclude that this reproductive strategy could save some species from endangerment. Researchers think species that delay are more flexible so that the females could endure harsh environmental changes if they had to be reintroduced into another area. You can induce implantation by introducing prolactin or by changing photoperiod daylight, and you could speed up the breeding process of endangered species in captive breeding programs to increase populations. Hey mom, are there any scientists out there that are thinking about this for humans? Well, interestingly enough, scientist Gittleman is asking the same question, Soleil. Primarily, he wants to know what the chances are of learning methods to shut down and then starting up our own developing embryos. I don't even want to think about it, is what he says, proving that, for one scientist at least, the mystery of delayed implantation in its original host creatures is quite compelling enough. Happy spring, everyone, and we hope you all have a greater appreciation for our sweet ladies-in-waiting on the valley floor. Enjoy your walks and keep your eyes open for new creatures out on the floor and marvel at the splendor that has gone into their construction. Thanks for listening to Voices, Voices of, of the, the Valley Flora and Fauna. Thanks, Kodo.